This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Good day! I hope that despite everything happening in our world, you are happy, joyous, and free in a world of natural abundance. We can live in a world where everybody has enough to eat. We can live in a world where we don't have to kill to survive. And telling us more about that is our amazing guest today, Megan Sad of Carrots and Flowers. Megan, you epitomize this. You are a wife. You are a mother. You are an author. You are an entrepreneur. And yet you managed to do all of this without... Uh, creating a lot of wreckage where you go. Uh, right now, we're dealing with a very, very serious situation globally. This catastrophe, it is believed, began in a slaughterhouse in China. Now, they've been promoting conspiracy theories about, well, maybe it started in a lab. But, you know, I talked to a systems analyst and engineer yesterday, and he said, Jane, think about the probability. It's mm -hmm. caused by animals coming into contact with humans and animals under stress and suffering. Their immune systems go down and they then develop diseases, zoonotic diseases and transfer. Where is the greatest amount of human-animal interaction where animals are suffering and under stress? At slaughterhouses. Mm -hmm. So use the common sense that while they're trying to create this alternative scenario that it be started in a, in a lab, it actually started where everybody got sick from whence they came to go to the hospital at a meat market, which is another reason why we all need to think about for our own survival going plant-based. And the great news is it's a joyous adventure. And that's where Megan Sad, who is one of the happiest people I know, <laughs> takes over. Tell us about it, Megan. All right. Well, lots to unpack there. But yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that prevents people from going vegan is they, they feel like they're going to have to give up something. Like it's going to be hard. They're going to have to make sacrifices and um, eat different foods. But I, what I found over the, the last few years is that there's no sacrifice to be made. I can make any recipe that I, I used to enjoy. I can make it totally plant-based. And it's actually better because then you can eat this big, bountiful plate of food. And then you don't, you know, you don't need to take a nap afterwards. And you don't feel crappy. And, and what I love is just knowing that what I'm ingesting and what I'm creating and how I'm living in the world is contributing to the least amount of suffering possible. You know, because it's not just animals that in the slaughterhouses that are oppressed. I mean, the workers, a lot of communities of color and really low in like low income communities work in these slaughterhouses. And they, you know, I don't I don't believe that anyone would really choose to work in a place like that unless there's really no other options and the workers aren't treated well. 
there's a whole there's a whole place that's shut down. That did you hear about the Smithfield meat mar- the meat processing oh, plant? Uh, that got shut did down. I? Okay, the largest cluster of coronavirus cases as of the last time I checked, Friday, I think it was 644. Who knows what it is now? And that's the known cases. Mm-hmm. Is that a slaughterhouse uh, in the United States, which is now shut down? But I also interviewed a union leader representing other slaughterhouse workers in another slaughterhouse, 3,000 of them in Colorado. And several, three, when I talked to her, three had died, several were hospitalized, and uh, many others were, you know, at home, possibly transmitting it to their friends and relatives. And so they finally shut down that slaughterhouse. It took them several days, and, uh, or even more than that, Uh, it took them a long time. They just shut it down last week, at the end of the last week, or the middle of last week. But the point is that this Union worker told me, she said, look, people can live without beef. You know, it's, yeah. not, an, it's not a necessity, even though these are considered essential workers. If people are dying because they're working shoulder to shoulder in these slaughterhouses, think twice and realize that people are literally putting their lives at risk to go in there and kill a terrible job under the, wor- under the best circumstances. Yeah. We know that it leads to PTSD and... Um, domestic violence and uh, alcoholism and drug addiction and depression and other things, physical ailments like carpal tunnel syndrome, cutting up, deboning, slitting throats seven days, it's five days a week. Now they have to add on to that. They're risking their lives. And she said it, she goes, nobody wants this job. This isn't a job that people go, well, you don't go to Harvard and major in slaughterhouse. There's no, no slaughterhouses in Beverly Hills or Park Avenue for a reason. It's mm-hmm. see no evil, hear no evil, put it in a um, low-income neighborhood and hire the people at the very bottom running of the alley a- and then tell them to do something that you would not be able to do. I defy any of the people I've ever met in my community or anywhere. You go in there and kill seven, five days a week for eight hours a day. Tell me if you can do that. But you can sit at home and eat the product, subsidize the torture, and then talk about ahimsa. Yeah. Personally, I'm just as satisfied with a big, juicy Beyond Burger. (laughs) Well, tell me about your incredible work. Now, I'm going to try to share the screen so that people who are watching on Facebook can see carrots and flowers. Let's do it. Let's live dangerously. Okay, so I'm going to share this. Boom. We're going to go here, share, and then I'm going to pop on carrots and flowers uh, and see. Did it come up? Oh, I think we're we're looking at your Facebook now. Okay, there now we're looking at carrots and flowers. And uh, I learn as I go and I learn by doing so. Hopefully I am not making any mistakes, but look at some of the incredible food that you make. Um, Air fried, vegan, air fried, vegan barbecue cauliflower wings. Now you guys can have this instead of having um, the wings of a chicken. Okay. That is packed with cholesterol, involves tremendous torture, is terrible for the climate. It contributes to climate change, is... Involved now worker, worker exploitation. And uh, instead, you can have this beautiful dish that's lowering calories. 
Uh, tell us about this particular dish. Here it is being dipped into some fabulous vegan cashew ranch. Okay. Yes. All right. So this dish, I just, um, I really like to cook comfort food, but as healthy as possible. This dish is a little more on the comfort food side because there's a, quite a lot of vegan butter in it. But, you know, I'm thinking people are at home. They want something kind of indulgent, something snacky. I don't know about you, but I've been feeling very snacky throughout this whole ordeal. Every 30 minutes, I pop on over to the fridge and go take a peek inside. Um, well, so it I doesn't wanted... show yet. <laughs> From the top up, it doesn't. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to do something that's like comforting and delicious that people, and plus cauliflower, I haven't seen any shortages of in the stores. So Now let's talk about this one. Now I'm going to be even really more, more daring and click on this. Let's see if I get it. Yeah, it's happening. This one right. I made in collaboration with Switch for Good with Datsy Bash. We filmed a fabulous cooking video for it that I should probably link to this page, but I'm not very tech savvy either, so it's not linked yet. But I'm yeah, look at it. What's in here? So what's in there? We've got um, brown rice or quinoa at the bottom, two types of beans, some corn, uh, a cashew queso, and sweet mm. potatoes. Got to take my glasses off. <laughs> Got some pico de gallo, some avocado. So this salad has over 35 grams of protein per serving. So that's what I was doing with Datsi is uh, creating some high-performance meals for athletes. Wow. So very dense in protein, fiber, healthy fats, obviously no cholesterol, but totally whole food plant-based too. So. All right. And then when you go to, you can see right here, the recipes are right here when you go to carrots and flowers, C-A-R-R-O-T-S-A-N-D, flowers, carrotsandflowers.com. And then you have this incredible book, which is 30-minute vegan dinners, which is absolutely fantastic. Thank um, you. And uh, you also did Best of Carrots and Flowers. So uh, you've got so many. These are all vegan dishes. And don't be scared by the word vegan. Okay, I got to go into a couple more of these. Southern style black eyed peas with jackfruit confit. My family went crazy for that. And I'm from the South. I made that in Atlanta for my family around New Year's. And they liked it better than the kind that normally has pork in it. I mean, my aunt even, my aunt who eats pork... And it bothers me so much. Anyways, <laughs> she eats pork, but she- I don't even say pork. I say pigs. Pigs. She eats pigs. And she went online and she got jackfruit confit and she made this and she liked it better than, um, than the non-vegan version. So that, that's always my goal because I don't think that we do have to sacrifice flavors. We can create the same flavors and the same textures and the same mouthfeels minus the suffering, minus the environmental damage. And, um, and it's so much better for our health too. I used to struggle with my weight a lot. Um, I was never super heavy, but it was I had to manage it. I always had to watch what I ate very carefully and exercise a ton. And I still exercise as much as I can now that I have a toddler and I'm kind of a lazy person, but, but it's just so much easier now. And that's just an added perk of, of eating plant-based is it's, I just don't have to manage it. So can I ask you so a much. question before we leave this particular photo? What do you use in place of the pig? Oh, so this, in, in place of pigs, I use the jackfruit confit, which is one of my favorite vegan meal replace, uh, vegan meat 
substitutes. It's, um, it's pre-seasoned and normally jackfruit needs um, a lot of seasoning and a lot of cooking time to get it to taste good. But this comes pre-seasoned and you just dump it in the, dump it in a pot and fry it. It's delicious. Wow. This is uh, absolutely amazing. Now I've seen your cooking firsthand. You've been on Jane Unchained and uh, let me stop the share for a second. Now that I've broken through on that, I can go back to it, I suppose. Uh, but uh, tell us your amazing journey because your amazing journey involves Mexico. It involves Burning Man. <laughs> tell us all about it. All right. Well, Burning Man does play a really big role in in my life. This is actually, this is going to be the first burn I haven't gone to in eight years. It, it was canceled, obviously, but it's pretty bummed about it. Um, huh. Okay. So all the way back at the beginning, I was married to somebody who wasn't a very nice person and I was living in Atlanta. I was actually a waitress at a barbecue restaurant. And, oh my um, gosh. Yeah. And I would, oh man. People will eat so much meat that they just get like the meat sweats. Um, at this particular restaurant, two people died of cancer, two workers, two managers died of cancer in the matter of a few years. And then you see them and they're having cancer benefits. Guess what they're selling at the benefits? Yeah. Barbecued pigs. So anyways, so I was waitressing at a barbecue restaurant. I was, I had always wanted to be a vegan um, cookbook author, despite the fact that I was not a chef and I wasn't vegan, but um, I ended up divorcing my first husband. I met my current husband six weeks later in a very lucky, lucky online dating scenario. Um, yeah, but I, I got, he got me out of waitressing and into production. I started producing um, unscripted television and then I got into TV development, which was awesome. But um, even though I had success and I finally had a career and it was really fun and my husband works in TV too, so we got to work together, I still felt so deeply unsatisfied. And I thought, I thought there was something wrong with me. I felt very ungrateful that I'm like, okay, I finally have, I've got the, the relationship, I have the career why am I so unhappy? And I realized it's because I wasn't doing anything to like make the world a better place. I can look out at our society and see that there's a lot of problems. Um, the environment being one of them. And of course, like animal suffering is a really big one. So I started a blog to go vegan myself because I had tried for so many years and failed at it because I didn't know what to eat. I didn't have any vegan friends. Um, this was kind of before vegan blogs really took off. So I just didn't really have a lot of online support either. So I started my own blog just as a way to experiment with uh, plant-based food in a fun, creative way so I could eventually go vegan myself. Because as soon as I heard what vegan was when I was 15, I was like, that that's it. That's what I want. Like, tell me, someone tell me how to do this because that sounds really good. Um, but yeah, so I just started making recipes and they started taking off. My husband helped me do cooking videos that started going viral and I just really fell into it. Um, so my blog took off and my videos went viral. I got a bunch of Facebook fans, which was cool. It led to a cookbook deal. But yes, this is a, another big part of my story. <laughs> well, I think we're sharing the screen now. And I just want to show these incredible photos from Burning Man. There you are, pregnant. 
yes. uh, at Burning Man. Um, absolutely great photos. You know, I, I always explore, even though we've met and I've been to your house and you've cooked and you're so charming and I've met you in various places. I, w- I want to know a little bit about the person before I interview them. So I went on your carrots and flowers and I was just taken with these photos are so amazing. I can't believe that it's like a painting almost. Uh, Pretty, pretty awesome and cool. Um, These were, I guess, at Burning Man, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, My husband's a photographer, so I'm (laughs) I'm very fortunate that I get my own personal Burning Man photo shoots. But yeah, we, um, so I, I was pregnant and I, I never really wanted to get pregnant. I was always, um, I've had eating disorders and body dysmorphia in the past. So I was very hesitant to do anything that could, you know, bring back any of those old issues. And I did struggle with that a a lot in the beginning. So, um, my husband and I went to Cabo, which, the doctors were like, you can't go to Cabo, there's Zika, and you're having a baby. But I just don't really buy that much into, you know, the fear mongering, because you can get lots of natural bug spray. And there's pregnant women in Mexico. So what are they doing? <laughs> so anyways, so we went to Cabo. And it was just kind of the, it was a really big lesson in surrendering, because I was miserable. I was so cranky. I was mad at my husband for getting me pregnant. And I was like, I'm fat. This sucks. And I just got it in my head. I was like, I need to swim with the sea turtles. It's the only thing that's going to make this trip good. I hate everything. Give me some damn sea turtles. And so we're driving down this. It was like a bumpy dirt road. And it was going to be 20 miles of bumps. And my husband was like, we can't take this rental car down this path, like there will be no sea turtles today. So I'm just like, okay, fine. No sea turtles. But we end up um, at this little bar in Cabo and talking to the owner who had been paralyzed. And um, he had some terrible accident when he was in his sixties. And so he was paralyzed, but then we ended up talking and he had taught himself to walk again after every doctor told him that he couldn't walk. And he was a very successful businessman. He had businesses in the US, businesses in Mexico. So we're just like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. So we're, we're just asking him like, hey, sir, like you got it going on. Do you have any life advice for us? And he said, and I'll never forget it. He said, do whatever you want in life and don't give a fuck about what anyone else says ever. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, we're gonna bleep that. Okay, go ahead. Don't give an Say it again. Do whatever you want in life and don't give an F about whatever anyone says. Ah. Um, And so as soon as we got home, my husband was like, yeah, why don't we go to Burning Man? We can do it safely. Like, I think that we should do this. And, And it ended up being such a wonderful gift for my pregnancy because I had this really big, fun, exciting thing to look forward to instead of childbirth, which I was terrified of. Um, but it just re- really made me feel strong and powerful. Like I can, I can live how I want to live, and I can have a baby my own way. And it's not going to, it's not going to ruin my life. It's going to add to it, and it's not going. I don't need to become one of those moms who is always tired and like self-sacrificing everything. You know, it was really uh- good. That's a great story. Uh, And they say, when you're ready, you will meet your guide. That reminds me of when I went on the ski trip many years ago. And uh, I get there and it was quite expensive. It was a lodge and this, that, and the other. And I got 
a flu. Oh, no. This has got to be maybe 20, 25 years ago. So um, they all went skiing and I walked down. It was um, where they have sun, the Sundance Film Festival. Where is okay. That? Is it Park Slope? Parks, yeah, 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 park, uh, yeah, whatever. Park, the Park Slope is Brooklyn, but it's uh, oh, I'm like, no, park, wait, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's parks. I think something. Anyway, I can't remember it. Anyway, I walk into a bookstore. I was so I just got hit so badly. I said, just give me a book. I, I just want something to read. This was before you know too much of this had taken over. They hand me a book. I go back. I read it. It's called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And it was so profound. And um, it was really about somebody who goes around the world searching for truth and ends up back where he started. And the person he meets that he's his guru or his guide is a guy who works at a gas station pumping gas. And it was um, such a great book. I ended up taking a course. You, you can take a course called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior Course. And none of that would have happened if I hadn't stumbled into this situation. So it's kind of like, you don't always know what's negative and what's positive, Yeah, which is something that we can talk about on the other side uh, regarding this terrible tragedy, COVID-19 and what we can learn from it and how we can try to turn it into a positive for humankind, the planet, the animals, everyone, even though there's tremendous suffering and our hearts go out to those who are suffering. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We also have a caller. We'll take the caller on the other side of the break, but we're going to stay live on Facebook. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for us at keyword voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. And of course, my mascot, Little Rico here, our rescue from Puerto Rico. 
this was my mother's dog. Uh, actually, Rico belongs to himself, but he was my mother's companion. Uh, and she lived to 99 and a half. So we give her 100. And then after she passed away, Rico came to live with us. But my mother um, lived to almost 100, primarily wow. vegan. Like she was, she was the one who got me started on animal activism. She was from Puerto Rico when she was a little kid. She lived on the island of Vieques. And uh, she had, she thought, a pet pig. And actually the pig was for food. She came home from school one day. They had slaughtered the pig and she fainted. And when she woke up, she shunned meat from that point on. So uh, my dad, who was Irish, uh, when he met her, he also then pretty much shunned meat from that point on. Uh, and uh, so we thought we were vegetarians, but we weren't. We were pescatarians. Primarily, we ate fish, we ate cheese, we ate eggs. Uh, and then as I grew older, obviously, I started seeing the horrors of the dairy industry, liquid mm -hmm. meat and eggs. They kill all the boys. And now people don't know that people do not know that every single male chicken is shredded alive. I don't that is not a common fact. And I, I wish because people think that eggs are like, oh, backyard chickens and eggs, like we have to eat eggs because the chickens keep laying them. And it's just like, no, all the chicken, like half the chickens are just shredded immediately. Yes. And that's why your recipes with your book, do you have it so you can hold it up? I do. I Please hold it up. This book is so fantastic. 30 minute vegan dinners. Order it because this is, it's not a three act play. You can make these very easily and they are so delicious. All right. Listen, Lisa from Thousand Oaks has been extremely patient. Lisa, what is your question or thought? Oh, Lisa. Lisa, Lisa. Okay. Can you hear me? I can't yes. hear you. Yeah, go ahead, Lisa. Okay, we hear you. So, okay, now you hear me. All right, that's great. So I just wanted to find out if you, I'm always looking for a one dish, I mean, a one pot meal or a casserole. What would be your favorite easy to make uh, entree that you make either in a casserole or in a pot that would be a main course? My favorite one dish meal, um, it's coming out in my second book actually. So it's not out yet, but it's a one pot vegan jambalaya. And I've definitely been getting into the one pot meals now that I've got a toddler at home. Um, yeah. Jambalaya is always a really good one. I love stir fries. I'm sorry to say this. I don't, I've heard the word jambalaya a million times. I have really no idea what it means. Okay. So it's, um, it's a Southern dish. It's very spicy. It's got kind of Creole roots. Um, it's got peppers in it. It's a rice based dish with sausage. I like to use the beyond meat sausage for it, but. What do you have in your 30 minute vegan uh, book that you could hold up and maybe show us the page? Uh, because I know you made your macaroni and vegan cheese that was super gooey and delicious. That's a really easy one. Here's um, this is a one this is a one pan dish with the rice on the side. It's Mongolian mushrooms and onions, so it's kind of a like a vegan take on Mongolian beef. Let me find um, ooh another one. Hold it up for a second or two so people oh, can sorry. see it. Yeah. Parts of palm chiopino. That's a one pot dish right there. Wow. So this one, I'm just using uh, mushrooms and hearts of palm in place of the seafood. Let me look for, oh, this one is one of my favorites. Um, 
it's butter beans with a parsley gremolata and uh, roasted fennel. Whoa. And you can you can do these in thirty minutes. They're all thirty minutes. Um, so I I do a lot of there's just a lot of like weird little hacks in there for how to make it fast and all the prep is included in um, in the cooking instructions. So you're kind of prepping as you going. So it is an action packed thirty minutes, but uh, yeah, you know one of the biggest things that people that I hear from people is that they think be, being vegan takes a long time and you have to do all of this extra work and just with a few simple little little switches in the kitchen, I think that meals can be made just as fast and way more satisfying. Yeah, and also let's talk a little bit about health because we know that the risk factors uh, are obesity of dying yeah. from. You, you have a greater probability of dying from COVID-19 if you're obese. You have a greater probability of getting very ill from it if you have certain conditions, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, obesity. And, you know, two-thirds of Americans are overweight or obese. And I'm not coming from up here. I mm. struggle with my weight. I yeah. just gave up sugar December 28th. So um, that has made me feel a lot better. And I had tried to do that before. But something shifted in my brain, and now one day at a time, knock on wood, I'm going without sugar, and I really enjoy it. And I can still have the dates. You know, I have date yeah. sugar, stevia, right. or monk fruit, but giving up the processed sugar. And uh, so what, what are your thoughts about why this is an opportune time for people to really consider, if the word vegan freaks you out, call it plant-based, call it eating your veggies, call it, um, call it what our grandparents called it, food. Yeah. <laughs> okay, tell us what, you know, the connection is. Let's say people are watching and they're, you know, they're locked in their homes, they're terrified, and they're like, oh, I'd like to reduce my chances of, God forbid, that, 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 I, that I catch this thing, of dying from it. Um, now, that's not vegan saying. This is like the Dr. Dr. Fauci's of the world. Obesity, yeah. heart disease, cancer, and diabetes are the the highest risk factors for really suffering the worst consequences of COVID-19. How, how does your, your diet, our diet, our lifestyle, plant-based, help prevent or reduce the probability or the possibility of dying from this? Well, plants naturally, you know, people who eat a plant-based diet, there's a lot less saturated fat, there's no cholesterol, so it's a lot easier to maintain a healthier um, a healthier body. So without all of the, all the things that contribute to diabetes and without all of the, the meat that contributes to, uh, obesity, it's just a lot easier to stay healthy. And the <coughs> thing is, is it's not just about, you know, avoiding these disease causing foods, which is animal products and, and meat and refined processed foods. But it's about, you know, instead what we're eating, it's health promoting foods. So the same way that, you know, eating a cow can create all of this harm in your body, um, eating a carrot, for example, you're giving all of these vitamins and antioxidants and nutrients to your body. So when you replace the, the meat with more vegetables, you're feeding your body. All, it's like you're giving your body all the little building blocks that it needs to really create a, a vibrant, strong immune system and just a, a body that can really feel better. 
Tell us what you eat on an average day. Give us a sample menu, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you, your child, your husband. Okay, so I've been pretty lazy in, during this COVID-19, but uh, a, standard, a standard day for me, I'm not super hungry in the morning, so I'll usually have a really big smoothie, and I like to just pack it in. I put spinach in there. I love frozen rice cauliflower is a good way to throw extra vegetables into a smoothie. Um, hemp seeds and chia seeds. I recently discovered uh, peanut butter powder at Trader Joe's, which is just, um, it's kind of defatted peanut flour. So it's got a lot of the protein, but not as many calories as just like two giant scoops of peanut butter. So, but just a really big smoothie for breakfast. Um, probably like a salad or a sandwich for lunch. I, I do a lot of Mexican food. So I eat a lot of tacos. I'm a big fan of eating tacos. And then for dinner, um, especially with uh, my daughter's two and a half. So I always do like a toddler friendly meal, but we do lots of pastas, but I mix it up. We'll do like a black bean pasta or a lentil pasta or a chickpea pasta. And then of course, I'm always breaking out the book too and eating, cooking from this. Then, um, but yeah, uh, I think a lot of people are afraid of letting their children be vegan. And what I would say is be afraid of letting your kid get high cholesterol, type 2 diabetes, which a lot of the young kids are coming down with today. You know, once I gave up sugar, because I've been vegan like 23 years approximately. I wish I had my, like I'm 25 years sober. I think I'm about 23 years vegan because... Howard Lyman, the fourth generation cattle rancher turned vegan ad advocate was, he and his publicist turned me vegan. I interviewed him when I was working wow. at a TV station on the Paramount lot. And afterwards they came up to me and they said, we hear you're a vegetarian. And I said, yes. And they say, do you eat dairy? And I kind of hung my head and they said, <laughs> liquid meat like that and pointed their finger at my nose. And liquid I went vegan meat. like that. And uh, so uh, it, it's been about 23 years um, I forgot my train of thought. What was I talking about? Well, you said that you've been sober 25 years, vegan oh. 23 years. Oh. And then just in December, I had to get rid of sugar because it was starting to feel like alcohol. I was getting that. Not that I was eating, you know, massive quantities, but it didn't take much. Just like one sip of alcohol would change my personality. It didn't take much for that sugar to have an impact. And then the next day I kind of felt funky and I started noticing how many things have sugar in them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just, I actually had to throw out something this morning that I didn't realize had sugar. And then I decided to look and I was like, oh my God, it has cane sugar. It's the second ingredient. I can't drink this anymore. But I'm so glad to be getting rid of it. Now, kids who are being force fed dairy, and, you know, the dairy industry is literally collapsing because they can't force it down the throat of school kids because the schools are closed. Now, explain to our listeners and viewers why the breast milk of a cow is not something that any child should should consume. And you're speaking as a mother of uh, how year old? How many years? She's two and a half. Okay, and she's vegan. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh explain yeah. That for for parents who might be worried. Well, I think that what most parents should remember is that um, breast milk of any species is designed for the growth of that particular species. So I'm not gonna feed my daughter cow's milk that is meant to take a tiny little calf 
and balloon it into an animal that weighs hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Um, like we just don't need that. And I, I think it's a, a very strange practice to consume the breast milk of another species. And even when I was a, a little girl and my parents would plop a big icy glass of milk next to me every night at dinner, I was just like, I'm not drinking that because when I drink it, I can feel that mucusy feeling in the back of my throat. And it, I remember it from being little, it was so disgusting, but, um, and there's, um, there's pus in it. There's blood in it. There's all kinds of funky stuff that, that comes in the milk. And, and, but also I'm just the energy of consuming something that came from an animal that was forcibly impregnated had her calf ripped from her and then is just like stuck to these machines all day. Like that's not something that I want anywhere in my body. And plus soy milk has so much protein. It's got eight grams of protein per serving. So that's what I make Lily's oatmeal with every morning. Um, and she gets plenty of protein, throws some hemp seeds and chia seeds in there. And she loves it. She loves it. I think it tastes, it tastes better and it's better for you. To me, it's a no brainer. So, um, because I've heard parents say this, uh, well, I'm really afraid not to feed my child meat or dairy. Do you still encounter that? Because that was very severe. Now people are starting to shift and they're starting to see, wait a second, where, where are the real risks? Yeah. Uh, especially during this crisis where uh, the virus has swept through uh, slaughterhouses um, we're going to take a break, but I think we can talk about this on the other side mm -hmm. of where are parents today? Because really, we have to hit those parents. The tweens, the, the teenagers are, are much more veganish. They're much more interested in veganism. But those parents are still, for, some parents are still force feeding their children meat and dairy, misguided, well-intentioned, but misguided. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that because that's super important. All right, we're going to take a short break here on Voice America Radio, but we're still live on Facebook. All right. I now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. 
That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. We're here with Little Rico, our mascot, as well as Megan Sad, our guest of honor today. She is the author of Show them your book if you would. Uh, this is this is the book for the isolation. 30-minute vegan dinners. Absolutely delicious. We did a lunch break live with Megan where she made the ooey gooey um, macaroni and vegan cheese. Yes. And what, what product did you use that made it so cheesy? Because it was incredibly cheesy. So that cheese was um, made from cashews, tapioca flour, which is what makes the cheese really stretchy and delicious. And then uh, the flavors are um, sun-dried tomato. Sun-dried tomato was just a little hint of basil. So Yeah, and you were saying that your daughter loves it. Oh, she loves it. She loves it. Mac and cheese is one of her favorite things. And then, you know, it's an oil-free cheese because it is nut-based. And then if you pair it with broccoli and maybe mix it with chickpea pasta, for instance, it's actually a very healthy dish, which is one thing I love about vegan food is you can take something that is notoriously like a comfort food or something that it's like a cheat day meal and you make it just a healthy, regular meal that you can eat anytime. Yeah. It takes the guilt out of eating. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And again, um, I'm not coming up from here. I'm coming from, I have the worst impulses. I have an addictive personality. I'm 25 (laughs) years sober. Then my addiction jumped to sugar. Then I got, I've gotten rid of that. And now of course, bread has reared its ugly head. So I'm not a person who has the best impulses, but I don't know what on earth I would look like if I didn't have, I'm so blessed to have veganism uh, in my life because um, it makes it so much easier to eat healthy. It really does. And it's just the best. And honestly, I wanted, it's a lifestyle I wanted for so, so long. And um, to be able to, um, to be vegan and have it actually be easy and effortless, like I always wanted it to be, but it never felt like that. It, it's just such a blessing. Yeah, I'm so and happy. You see, because you have your finger on the pulse, you're doing carrots and flowers. We showed everybody that. Do you get a sense that the shift is occurring? Look, there's been a seismic shift in our culture with the COVID 19 pandemic. Um, our systems are breaking down, and we're starting to see. I mean, one of the stories that we're going to cover is millions of animals are being killed, not for food, but because the slaughterhouses can't I take so them. Sad. So they're yeah. telling the farmers, you kill them where you are and just dispose of them. And now there's a whole move to make sure that if they are going to be killed, that they be humanely euthanized or some of them distributed to sanctuaries. When you have a morally bankrupt system, it's going to eventually come back to haunt. It may not haunt today, but the truth will come out and the truth is coming out. And I believe nature is a lot wiser than we give her credit for because what is she targeting? She's targeting the slaughterhouses and she's bringing this issue to the forefront because the mainstream media, which is advertiser based meat, dairy, pharmaceuticals, they're not going to talk about it. They're not going to emphasize that it started. The overwhelming number of experts believe it started in a slaughterhouse in Wuhan, China. That's where people first got sick Uh, There's a bunch of conspiracy theories that are going to be pushed for various political reasons. But Mm -hmm. um, and one of those political reasons is because the meat and dairy industry doesn't want to talk about 
animal agriculture in any way, shape or form, even in the form of a wet market uh, being something that's negative, but it, it is coming out. And so um, I think I'm getting my sprouts delivery right now. So if you hear a bell and the dogs barking, you'll know what that's all about. Uh, because I'm using Instacart just so in real time, you'll see how I'm handling it. I'm not going into grocery stores. I'm going into Instacart, by the way, I'm trying to order, you know, essentials. And then the poor people who are delivering, I feel they're taking a risk for me. So I give them the biggest possible tip. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, uh, want to express my gratitude to them and not take advantage of it in order. Just anything gets in my head. I wanted to order things that I really need staples, uh, and, uh, so, um, getting back to this, you know, it's like Al Capone. What, how did they catch Al Capone? Tax evasion. Ah. Okay. So the, the truth is that things don't always happen. Like there is this phenomenon where people do bad things, bad things, bad things, and then they caught, get caught for something they didn't do or something, yeah, something that's, that's sort of like just ancillary. And the, the famous example that people use is Al Capone getting caught for tax evasion after, you know, he machine gunned everybody. It's the same thing happening now with animal agriculture. It's because the COVID-19 virus is spreading in the slaughterhouses and some of the workers are dying and it's a crisis and it's crippled the slaughterhouse industry that people are now thinking, well, wait, wait, slaughterhouses. Oh, this, this patty didn't fall from the sky. There's no, there's no hamburger uh, tree. Thoughts? Well, so there's a slaughterhouse that um, is pretty close to my house, actually. It's about 10 minutes south of where I live in LA. And you don't need brand names for legal reasons. Thank you. Right. Um, so, it, but they have on the side of the building, they have this mural of happy pigs and farmers and sunny skies and grassy hills. And, you know, then inside is, is where all these animals are dying. And I think that it's people don't want to see where their food comes from. People don't want to know. Um, and I feel like it's weird how some people get so um, defensive, like they'll be like, Oh, I like my bacon smart. It's like if you, as a comeback, if you're like, Oh, but pigs have the intelligence of a three to five year old child. So um, yeah, my thoughts are that, I'm glad people are thinking more about slaughterhouses and thinking about the animals and, that are suffering and thinking about the, the workers there who are also suffering because nobody wants to do that job. Like there's not a single person in the world that was just going to want to slaughter animals all day, every day to make a living, you know? Um, so I'm glad that people are thinking about that now and thinking about like, the animals and the workers and just how corrupt the whole system is. And, you know, just pick up a package of beyond sausages. It's right there. It's in the meat section. You don't even have to go anywhere else in the, all you have to do is store. pick that one that doesn't involve torture and murder. Yeah. Look for the one with the little green plant on it. Like the word murder, they get very defensive. Oh, how dare you? Look, I, I covered crime for 40 years. I was a crime reporter. People always say, they, a lot of people th thought I was a, a prosecutor at one point. No, I don't have a law degree. But I've covered many, many murder trials. What is homicide? It's the unjustifiable taking of another life, not in self-defense, okay? And there's various levels of homicide. 
You know, it can be heat of passion. It can be premeditated, et cetera, et cetera. But the bottom line is, if you're not doing it in self-defense, if it's unnecessary and you go ahead with the killing for whatever reason, that's murder. Yeah. Okay. So that's why we say meat is murder because you don't have to eat it. In fact, it's killing you. One out of every, what I find fascinating is looking at the heart disease now is being eclipsed by COVID-19, okay, in the process of. If you look at the charts, mm -hmm. uh, the biggest leading killer kills one out of every four Americans, heart disease. This is historical. It's been going on for a while. Heart disease is the arteries to the heart getting clogged with plaque. Plaque comes from cholesterol. Cholesterol only exists in animal products. There's no cholesterol in plants because animals produce cholesterol. We're animals. We produce our own cholesterol. So now you have heart disease, okay? Then you have COVID-19, which also stem from, it's a zoonotic disease. It stems from, jumps from animals to humans, when the animals are under stress, when they're being tortured, okay? Almost certainly from the meat market in mm -hmm. Wuhan, China, just like SARS came from a meat market in another province in China back in 2000, early 2000s, 2003 approximately. And Bad cow disease, avian flu, swine flu, yada, yada. All of them. So, yeah, of the majority of them. So, uh, zoonotic diseases, though, yeah, they jump from animals to humans. So, now you see the two leading causes of death, okay, being from abuse of animals, use of animals, unnecessary killing of animals. Then you have the cancer, mm. processed meat, which is how a lot of people eat meat, most of their meat is officially cancer-causing according to the World Health Organization. Now you have the, coming up, now cancer. So you have the three leading killers, the two primary ones completely related to the abuse and consumption of animals, and the third one, to a great extent, connected. So they yeah. can't say all cancers come from eating animals, but a lot is cancer-causing. Yeah. Okay. So then you have, you're more likely to get very sick and die if you have heart disease, cancer, obesity, diabetes, which also connects to the meat and dairy laden diet. Mm -hmm. Then you have the um, climate change aspect, you know, then yeah. you have, I mean, it goes on and on and on. There's so many reasons. There's so many reasons. And I really just, I cannot wait until the tipping point moves to most of the world being plant-based and everyone else catching up. Um, I don't, I don't feel like we are, I mean, I know that we are the minority still, but I do think that people are exploring plant-based um, more and more now. And and I'm very curious to see how COVID-19 will play out in terms of like massive global changes. Um, I saw that the dog, like dogs are no longer considered food in China, which well, I think I is wanna, great. I want to nuance that because I talked to an expert who we're going to have on and she said mm -hmm. it's, it's a proposal now. Oh. And to also caution that unfortunately you on dog meat, you and dog meat festival usually happens in June. And she a caution that it's a great sign, but that sometimes things that they announce then get rollback. And so yeah. it's a hopeful sign though. I, I don't want to underestimate. I just don't mm -hmm. want to overplay it, but it right. is a sign. 
Well, I was also, my, my thoughts when I heard that is I'm like, okay, well, that, that's great for dogs in China if that passes. But I'm just wondering, are they going to fill that void with eating other animals? You know? Here's the thing. Whichever culture decides to get rid of animal agriculture will become the dominant world culture. Ooh, As I mentioned, yeah. the big minds already know that this system is a disaster a bleep show. It's unsustainable. It's gross. It's so gross. It's so gross. So gross. Every slaughterhouse, you know, people are pointing the finger and for political reasons, they want to point away from, let's say this administration's handling yeah. this crisis. Now you have the conservative Republicans talking about the wet markets in China. Every slaughterhouse, wherever yeah. it is, involves blood, feces, urine, guts, Bones, eyeballs, crazy amounts of antibiotics pumped yeah. into the animals so they don't get sick. So um, that's the way it goes. Uh, and, you know, it was funny because in England, there was this whole, speaking of kids, there was a, a PSA where the, the child says to dad, dad, I don't want to eat animals anymore. And he starts whipping up a vegan meal. And uh, I think it was like a, some kind of meat related uh, organization went bonkers. And then they had a debate. And the woman who was defending the ad said, well, you know, they, they slit their throats. And the, and the newscaster said, please, please, that's, that's, that's quite, uh, you know, inappropriate. Well, hello? The they slit their throats. Yeah. They slit their throats. Are you, are you, are you in fantasy land? Are you, do you believe in Santa Claus? They are in fantasy land. Meat eaters are in fantasy land. Um, I remember when I first went vegan and my husband did too. And uh, we were kind of having an online debate with some friends. Um, and my husband had pointed out in a comment to one of his longtime friends that um, eating meat is supporting animal cruelty. And this girl got so offended. And it's just like, what do you think happens in a slaughterhouse? Do you think <laughs> they're treated nicely? Like if you eat meat, you support animal cruelty. Maybe yes. You don't consciously support it because you want to, people like to think of themselves as good people. And I mean, my mom eats me and I think she's a good person, but you just, you can't, the two facts just don't line up. You either support animal cruelty by eating meat or you don't. You're ordering the hit. And getting back to the crime, when you are accused of murder, mm. you don't have to actually shoot the weapon or, or, if you're part of the conspiracy, if you um, were involved in creating the murder, you can be convicted of murder. It's the same exact thing. I, I want to say there's a difference between being nice and being good. And mm. that's one of the things we have to separate out as we talk about this. I think Americans are good people. They, you could say they didn't know. But once you know, then if you continue, you have mm. to ask yourself that question. And that's not just about, it's about eating animals, but it's also about a lot of things. I've had to look at my own consumerism yeah. and, and have a come to Jesus with myself too. Yeah, absolutely. And I hit bottom because guess what? Every time I open a package, I feel like I'm taking my life into my hands. So yeah. I hit bottom on it. I'm not saying I was running around, you know, being the biggest spender. Um, certainly not compared to other people I know, but still too much. I had to look in the mirror. So let's all look in the mirror. Thank you. Megan said, you are amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Jane. Always a pleasure.
All right. Talk soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.